How does growing up close to nature inspire a love for science? How do you turn your talent in sports into a college opportunity? How does one overcome discouraging feedback about being a woman in medicine? And what's it like to apply to 25 different schools and go on 13 different interviews? Today on Talking Admissions and Med Student Life, I interview Caitlin, a first-year medical student here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Well, welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. I have Caitlin. Hello, everybody. <laughs> who is so excited, who we were just yes. talking before I turned it on, who just drove down here from Idaho. Mm-hmm. So let's get in the time machine and right. go back to the beginning. So uh, you grew up in Post Falls. So Rathdrum, Idaho, actually, but okay. I was in Post Falls, yes. Okay, educate so, people where that is. So Rathdrum, little town, a little bit north of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Mm-hmm. I think more people have heard of Coeur d'Alene than... <laughs> All of those other yeah. surrounding towns. But, yes, little town of about 7,000 people currently. Mm-hmm. It was a lot smaller when I was born a few years ago. Yeah. But, no, it's kind of nestled in the mountains, and it's it's my home, yeah. And then you grew up up in northwestern Idaho? Yes, so born and raised. And then did you have any early childhood experiences that led you to wanting to be a doctor? I mean, where did that idea yeah. come from? Yeah. How did Of course, I've kind of gone back and looked at that as I've gone through the application process, but um, I I feel like a lot of people had some sort of experience with um, being sick or having family members being sick, and I was thankful enough to not have that, Mm -hmm. Um, but I I think that it kind of just goes back to who I am, so... I'm a fairly ambitious person, (laughs) and I grew up surrounded by nature and everything, and I think that that really drew me towards science in general. Um, As I started doing, as I started going through school, I started getting involved in sports, and that kind of led me more to my interest in the human body. Interesting. Um, Yeah, and then... What was your sport? So, I did a few at first, mostly volleyball and track in the end, um... Of course, I'm I'm tall. You can't see me now, but how tall uh, are you? I am six foot feet tall. Okay, <laughs> and so I did play basketball for a little bit, but it wasn't really my jam. So mm-hmm. volleyball and track is where I ended up. Um, were, I your, just, were your parents tall? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Did they, did they <laughs> yes. play sports too? Um, my dad did a little bit of track himself. My mom, not really, but mm-hmm. um, they go to the gym together now. <laughs> well, I think it's fascinating. I have little kids, yeah. and they're. You know, there's this, like, kind of sports culture, and mm-hmm. I kind of struggle with, like, how soon do you introduce them to yeah. sports and the camps? Yes, Because it's, like, that's a it's almost like it's, like, a separate kind of, like, so how it old is. were you when it, you, I mean, did your yeah. parents, like, actively say, oh, you know, you seem to be kind of really fast and mm-hmm. natural right. with this? Or, like, how did, how did yeah. they do that? You know, so where I live, I, we have, like, a mountain, so my brothers and I were always kind of outside playing on the mountain, mm-hmm. and um, I guess being active outdoors, and then my mom was the one that suggested that I do a volleyball, uh, like, a club team and kind of start doing volleyball camps. I was probably in third or fourth grade when mm-hmm. that happened, and I started playing club volleyball in sixth grade, so... Were you just dominating? No, no, I was actually, <laughs> I'm a lot stronger than I was. I was mm-hmm. kind of a little string bean, and so mm-hmm. I actually remember not being able to serve over the net when I was in mm-hmm. sixth grade, which is 
Was it the normal size nets or were they lower for the <laughs> You know, I don't remember that. Okay. Okay. Either way, I was kind of a little string bean. So, mm-hmm. no, I I wasn't very good at first. I don't think I was super coordinated, but it finally came mm-hmm. after the past few years. <laughs> so you're doing sports, learning about the human yeah, body. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, were you doing club sports, or were you doing, like, varsity at your high school? Or? Yeah, so okay. I was doing club sports, and then um, junior high and high school with school-organized sports is, you know, I started those then. Um, yeah, for the first, I was a three-sport athlete for the first two years of high school, and then I had a choice between club volleyball and doing varsity basketball, and I chose club volleyball. <laughs> I would think volleyball would be easier on the body in certain ways. Because I, yeah, I, I just look yeah. at basketball and so many people you know, twist a, their ankles and, yes. and, and knee problems and you get elbows to the face for, during rebounds. Yeah, there is a net between you and volleyball, so yeah. you and the other people. So <laughs> that's generally helpful in that respect. But, I mean, I was a front row player and you do a lot of side-to-side movement, so you still get the knee problems you still get. Mm-hmm. You're still jumping and... Um, sometimes running into your teammates because as a middle, you're kind of like running around in circles. Um, but no, it is a little less physical and I, I just, I took to it more. I enjoyed it more. Um, I, I, club was really fun. I got to travel and experience other places. And, um, so I just ended up picking that. Yeah. So doing volleyball and track. Those volleyball and track. Yes. And then what was your event? Is that the right word? Yeah. Event? Event, yes. Okay. Um, so I pull vaulted mainly and I did end up going on and doing that in college. Um, where I was then kind of thrown into the the heptathlon, which was not super successful for me, but it was a really good experience. But pole vaulting is what I mainly did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. And then during <laughs> during high school, like, were you thinking like, oh, I'm doing? Like, I mean, like, yeah. Did you think like, oh, like I'm doing so well at these sports, I might be able to do these in college? I mean, and yeah. then like, did you, like, like, was your mindset and then like, okay, like. Do you send out tapes, or do, do people come and, like, watch you and recruit you? Or yeah. How, does that, how did that work? So, um, for one, I think it's kind of funny. It's easy in retrospect. It's really easy to shine, I think, when you live in a small town, you go to a small high school. Mm-hmm. So I did I did well, um, at least in high school. And then I got to college, and I just kind of was middle of the pack mm-hmm. <laughs> with everybody. But um, some people do send out tapes. I didn't have a lot of... I don't have a lot of involvement in that, but um, there are a lot of college coaches at like state meets and at, at club volleyball tournaments, and so I had some interest in doing club volleyball, but that was more at a junior college level, and I knew that I wanted to go to a four-year university, and then um, the opportunity arose at Idaho State University. Um, Dave Nielsen, our head coach at the time, was at a couple of state track meets, and we ended up talking with him, and that's kind of how I ended up down at ISU. And I had done a couple track camps there okay. in the past, so I was so familiar wasn't totally with it. Totally yes. unfamiliar. Yes, that going was kind from Lane area to Pocatello. Yes, which is that. I think that's probably for people who are familiar thing. with Idaho. Yes. That's like nine it's, hours. Yeah, yeah, eight or nine. Yeah, depending on traffic and construction, you know, okay. <laughs> depending on how fast you're driving. <laughs> and during this time, you were taking science classes. Yeah, and yes, yeah, so taking yeah. science classes. Um, and I was doing a little bit of volunteering. I had gotten into research my second or third year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I was interested in medicine. I had kind of, I'm not really sure where the idea ended up coming from exactly, but I was drawn towards it because of, um, I guess, what it offered. Uh, I really was interested in science. It was like the best place to learn about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And 
I like interacting with people, and so there's that. I feel like it's kind of like this cliche a little bit. You know, you're interested in science, you want to help people. Yeah. Um, and it was, I don't want to say it was a challenge and that's why I chose it, but I, it was a worthy enough career to go after um, in my mind. And so I had been drawn to it. I was taking science classes, preparing, mm-hmm. and um, I then started shadowing physicians, and that's really when I decided, okay, this is what I want to do. This is awesome. And were you doing this mostly in the Pocatello area, or were you kind of doing a little some bit of, of both, the, in yeah. Coeur d'Alene, kind of bouncing mm-hmm. back and forth? Okay. Yeah, a lot of it ended up being in the summer. Just I was very busy with track and school um, and research, and so I... The first person I shadowed was um, Dr. Sherry Jacobson up in Post Falls, Idaho, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to be her. I thought she was, I thought she was just awesome. What kind of doctor was she? Uh, family practice doc. Okay. Yep, right. and um, she just had such a good relationship with her patients, and was just she was so competent and so caring and so on top of it, and I just thought she was such a great role model to look up to. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few bumps along the way. I think I had a lot of doubts. I shouted with some other physicians who kind of cautioned me because I was a woman in medicine and they were, I think, a little old school. And they were like, ah, it's going to be really hard for you. You are going to have other challenges if you want to have other things in your life. So they overtly and, said that to you? Yeah. And it was brought up a few times and I... I had a few doubts, but I ended up shadowing another um, female physician who had, I mean, she had family and kids, just someone who had other obligations in their life and other, mm-hmm. were balancing other things in their life, and that's when I knew I could do it, which is sort of silly, but, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, yeah. it points, I think, to the importance of representation in medicine because um, your mind is so moldable, moldable when you're young, mm-hmm. you know, and you can really be affected by the role models that you see around you. Yeah. And then, and did you come from a family of medicine? Or? No, okay. you know, So, like, nobody, in a way, like, yeah. you're kind of going out there trying to get these experiences and, I would say, mentorship. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like some of it was, mostly of it was positive, but there was yeah. some negative yeah, as I, well. I yeah. think it was well-intentioned. Like, I think it was, it was trying to caution me to be realistic. And mm-hmm. I don't think this person probably... I don't know. They probably didn't know me or life of being a woman. So mm-hmm. I, I, you know, in retrospect, I think it's silly that I even doubted it. But um, it was good because it, it did challenge me to think about those things. And like I said, I don't think it was really trying. I don't think they were trying to discourage me. I think they were just trying to encourage me to be realistic, mm-hmm. which is fair. But um, I, I still <laughs> yeah, I I look back you, and I'm like, really? Yeah. I think it's hard when you have, when you have a dream, you have a goal. Yeah. And it, to use an analogy, and we can disagree with me with that, like like in track and sports, it's kind of the same. You're mm-hmm. working towards something. Yeah. There's going to be setbacks. It's not, you know, you're not going to, quote, win the gold medal or mm-hmm. win the tournament every right. time. Right, But yes. <laughs> you, you show persever- perseverance, resiliency, hard work, mm-hmm. eventually that will pay off. Right, so. exactly. And, and it has, so I'm very excited about that. All right, so let's go back to undergrad. Yes, so. Yes. I've had other friends and colleagues who did sports as an undergrad, and mm-hmm. they have told me that it becomes almost like a job. And yes. It, and it, it kind of weighs down. I mean, if you're very passionate about sports, that's great, but mm-hmm. also kind of weighs down the academics and it complicates schedules. And yes. life is very busy, very full. Yes. Does, does that resonate <laughs> with you? Or? It does. I okay. mean, it's absolutely true. Um, I think that... 
I was... How do I put this? I, I do think that... So I applied... I applied three times to medical school before I got accepted. Mm -hmm. And I really think that part of that was due to having such a busy schedule and being involved with that. Um, because it takes away time from other things that you can do to prepare for medical school. Mm -hmm. With that said, I wouldn't do it any differently because I learned so much from, mm -hmm. the, from the whole, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's true. It does kind of become like a job. And by the end of it, I was, I was ready to be done, mm -hmm. but still I learned, I, there were so many lessons that I learned and I think that it really pushed me to manage my time well, um, because I was doing the part-time research job and I was doing school full-time and I was doing track full-time and I think that's going to be really helpful. You know, the tools that I used then are going to be very helpful for me in medical school and as a physician in the future, mm -hmm. um, with my goals of balancing, uh, multiple things in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So let's, let's again, go back in time. So. Uh, the first year you applied, mm -hmm. what was your strategy? How many schools did you apply to? Yeah. Were, were you using the pre-med advisor up at Idaho State? What was kind of, what, what yeah. was going on back then? Yeah. So I was a little bit. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think that I was getting enough mentorship looking back now, mm -hmm. um, which could have been a combination of my own fault and, I don't know, just like not finding somebody that was really great to mentor me. Um I applied to, let's see, I think my first application cycle, I applied to around 15 schools. Okay. Um, only applied MD, just did the one application cycle or one application process. Um, and I got one interview that season. I I also applied late. That's what happened. I applied late because I took my MCAT later and my mm. scores didn't come in, I think, until September. Okay. So that was kind of... I had this mindset. I think I had been warned not to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I kind of just had this, well, this mindset of, well, I'll just do it anyways. Mm -hmm. Give and it a shot. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, I'm going to make it. It's worked mm -hmm. <laughs> up until this point. Mm -hmm. um, very naive of me. And I had the one interview, and then I didn't get accepted, and it okay. was kind of this giant thing. Was that with I us? Was, no, okay. it was, it, yeah, it was with the University of Washington. Okay, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, which was great. But I was also, I was studying abroad that semester, so I was writing secondary essays and studying abroad which was just not were you like in this little internet cafe where were yeah, you i was in spain in okay Valencia, spain yeah. in this little, uh, yeah. little internet cafe yeah, basically hoping that the, you know there's not a breakdown yet right yeah. no and it was not not a smart idea i would not recommend that at all i would mm. recommend a gap year if that's what you're thinking mm. of doing um so there were a lot of mistakes i made that first application cycle and i think it was very mm, it was very fair that i didn't get an acceptance mm -hmm. um i I just didn't have an idea about the whole process um, as a as a whole. And um, the second time I applied was a little harder because I did feel like I well, had a better idea. Okay, so, <laughs> but so, yes. what, what, so in between uh, mm -hmm. the first year and second year, what did you do? Like, um, yeah. you, you had kind of uh, a gap year foisted upon you. Sort of. So, sort I, of. so yes. what, what, did, what did you do? So Wait. I, let's see. So we're backing it up to during that first application cycle, I'm studying abroad my last or excuse me my first semester of my senior year yeah. um, and then I came back and kind of the application cycle is still going and I wasn't sure if I was going to reapply right yeah. away or not uh, and so I didn't really know that I would be doing that and I don't think I was preparing necessarily accordingly um, I did do let's see I I'm trying to remember I did hmm, I shadowed a few more 
doctors in different specialties. Um, I started volunteering. I think that's where I was more deficient. Mm-hmm. Again, kind of back to the time commitment with okay. track. Um, so I did some more volunteer work. What did you do for volunteer work? Um, so I first, let's see, two things. I volunteered at the animal shelter in Pocatello, which was great. I okay feel like it was a, not super applicable and that's maybe where I went wrong mm-hmm. um, and then I really wanted to try to get in and do some volunteering in a medical setting so I went and volunteered up at Portneuf in um, IV therapy at the hospital there Cool. Um, so that was fun mm-hmm. um, and good I'm trying to remember I then I got a job that was a thing then I got a job working with um, as a nanny for a disabled girl for a family that was in the area. Okay. Uh, and so those were kind of the main things I want to say that I did. Sounds pretty busy. Yeah, yeah. but then I applied immediately. Yeah. And so not all of that, not all those hours and all that time was on my application. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time I got to do an interview, I could speak to it. But Okay. Mm-hmm. So did you apply to more schools or the same schools or different schools? Or what was your strategy the second year? Yeah, so then I applied to... Um, I want to say I applied to five more, so I think I did about 20. Okay. And I pre-wrote my secondary essays. That was a big thing because they come in in waves. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a science. It's madness, yeah. 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 <laughs> and so there's a little gap of time from when you submit your primary application and when you are able to get secondaries. And so I'd been reading around, trying to like gather some information and I went ahead and pre-wrote my secondary essays based off of previous year's questions, because Mm -hmm. a lot of the time, some of them will be the same, Mm -hmm. not all of them. And that was definitely the case. And there might be nuances you might have to change, but then you have a basis to go off of and you can save yourself a lot of time, um, which is really important in the whole cycle. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you sent about 20, and mm-hmm. then how many interview offers did you get that that round? Two. Two. And so that was... Um, this is where came, we came into the game. This is where you guys came into the game, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so just two. And so I... Um, after not getting accepted that second year, I thought, okay, maybe I'm getting screened out mm-hmm. with something basic. Because um, I presume so, we provide feedback at that point. Yeah, yeah and so yeah, I did, I, and I got there, feedback. There was from, a mechanism, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure, does Washington... Yes, and so I got feedback from them both times and tried to do what they suggested, and it was really Did it line up? Did we give the same feedback, or was it like polar opposites? It was... Because I can see how that can be very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to focus your efforts, I think, when you're getting a lot of information coming in Mm -hmm. from different sides. Um, It was... I would say it was pretty... mm, It was pretty consistent. I... Did get some? I did get some feedback from you guys. That was frustrating to me after that second round. It was mm. pertaining to my volunteer work, mm. um, and it was that it wasn't super applicable, and it didn't seem to follow my story. Is what the mm. words were, and yeah. I thought, what does that mean? <laughs> but it was really good for me. I think it was good to hear because I did end up, I think, finding that meaning mm-hmm. and volunteering in a field that I was more passionate about and that was more applicable to my story Mm -hmm. um and so that was it ended up being really helpful (laughs) i think what you're referencing is i think i think it's a good advice to all applicants is establishing uh, a good narrative it is yeah you know we have a finite amount of time in our day in Mm -hmm. our lives and why does why does anyone pick these activities over others right Right. and i think one shows where one like what kind what someone is what you're interested in by what you do 
with those activities, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think that's what the committee was referencing. Yeah, yes, and I, it was, yeah. and it was. So fair. how do you tie them together? Like who, yeah. who you are? How do you? How do these activities speak to your priorities and what yes. you want to do in life and where mm-hmm. you kind of see yourself going? And so that's what's like a personal narrative. Yes. You know, people, yes. you can go, like, there's a reason one, like, you know, like, there's a lot of different, I'm sh- I think Idaho State has this, like, mm-hmm. um, you walk into these kind of community service centers and they have all these different activities. Okay. Why do you pick some ones over the others? Like, right. why, you know, like, why did you pick? Well, exactly. Yeah. And, it, and that's, I felt like I went on this journey to figure that out and mm-hmm. I I did, and it was. I, it took a lot of self reflection, and I would absolutely encourage anybody who doesn't get accepted to get that feedback because it's important to have that honest mm-hmm. feedback, and especially from somebody who's seen you through the entire process. Um, and it it just it prompted me to do a lot of self reflection mm-hmm. to think, okay, what is what is my narrative? What is who am I and why am I doing this and what is something I'm passionate about and go volunteer in that. It doesn't have to be medically related. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's helpful, I think, to be around that and to see that, absolutely. But it just has to be something that you're passionate about and that you care about and then you really are, when you're volunteering, then you really are getting that extra benefit too of you feel really good helping because you feel like you've done something towards something that you really care about. Mm -hmm. And it's like a benefit on both sides. Did you, after the second year, mm-hmm. thoughts about giving up, doing something else? Not, not really. Okay. I mean, yes and no. Of mm-hmm. course, you have to reevaluate your position. And um, all the feedback that I had gotten was that I could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I don't know. I feel like I'm just a very determined person. Maybe that's a good thing sometimes, not so much. Um I didn't want to do anything else. I really did think about it because mm-hmm. if anyone has gone through the application process, they know that it's not an easy one. It's emotionally and I guess kind of physically taxing, mm-hmm. um, mostly emotionally taxing and financially taxing and, um, and taxing on your time. And so I did consider, I, I tried to look at other things and I thought, okay, well, if this doesn't work, like, what am I going to do? But there was nothing at all that I wanted to do mm-hmm. more in the world than this. And so, um, my parents were absolutely amazing and so, so, so supportive. My friends too. Um, but my dad said to me, he said, you don't build a plane and then not put the wings on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they were just like a huge support in that time. And I was able to kind of push through and decide to take the gap year and um that was mostly for retaking my MCAT I decided I would I felt like I could get a better score which um, you did congratulations which I did. yes yeah. thank you yeah. <laughs> um did you study I, on your own or did you like do like Khan Academy or did you pay so did, yes or a like Kaplan or a Princeton Review or anything or, yeah, yeah okay. so I the first time I self-studied and then I thought I should switch that up if I wanted to change things. Um, so I did end up paying for a Kaplan course and it was amazing. I had a really good experience. I did a live online mm-hmm. version where, um, you can take it from afar because not a lot of people have cities that actually host them. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only did it help me with my MCAT, but I really think that it helped me learn how to learn better. And mm-hmm. I do think that that's going to be super helpful now. So I'm very thankful for taking that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a little chunk of money, but um, especially if you don't have success your first time, it's 
totally worth it on that second round. So I did redo that. Um, do they have, do they have a money back guarantee? Because I've heard like, they do. Oh, yeah, okay. they do actually. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So good. it's it's fairly like it's, like it's you're, not you're, really you're, a gamble. I guess okay. <laughs> so your score should improve. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And if not, then I think you can retake the course. Mm-hmm. Um, and. They probably provide some counseling on that. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> and then what different activities were you doing in between your second and third time? Applying? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I was actually living in Pocatello at the time and I moved back home, mm-hmm. um, redid my AMCAT and I did some self-reflection on what I should do for volunteering. And I thought, all right, I'm really passionate about women's issues. Uh, why don't I find a place in the area to volunteer helping with that? There we go. Um, and so I ended up volunteering at a, it's a violence prevention center. And so I am did a bunch of training and in that there's a women's shelter associated with it. Um, and then I was essentially on call for if anybody came into the hospital with a sexual assault case mm-hmm. so wow. mm-hmm. yeah Heavy so stuff. then I was an advocate for them yeah okay. yeah it was um it's tough but at the same time it's really really rewarding to be mm-hmm. there for somebody who's going through a tough time mm-hmm. and have the training to be able to help them and offer what'd you learn from that offer. I mean how, how'd you grow from that Ooh. well <laughs> it's hard to I guess it would be hard to put it into words but um I I think it was it was hard seeing the reality of what I already knew was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it just made me feel like I was in the right place, um, doing something that I really cared about or helping somebody through a hard time. Um, I, I've had, I mean, I have known people in the past that have had gone through similar things. And so it wasn't totally new to me, but I think it just was like a reassurance of knowing I was in the right place and knowing I was following the right direction because I can help people like that in this field. And so um, really, I think it just reassured me on my path. But I, I learned a lot about talking to people yeah. in crises and kind of how yeah. to be gentle about it. I, I, as a psychiatrist, I don't mm-hmm. know if you, do you know I'm a psychiatrist? I don't know if yes. that's come yes. up before. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's what's, what, what's really struck me about our, our, our health care system, our mental health care system, mm-hmm. um, is that there's a lot of people who are alone. Yes, and yeah. and the 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 system can eat people up. It's hard to navigate. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't have loved ones uh, for whatever reason. Bridges have been burned. So you know, Ken, I think that's awesome. You did that experience because I think what I've learned doing psychiatry for these many years is like sometimes people just want someone to talk to. Yeah, and that's and, true. And listen and. And then just help them out because there's so many resources out there. Yeah, and, but just to, to connect that. them to resources, it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's can be very daunting. Yeah, and, especially when you're in a place where you're not mm-hmm. thinking probably straight and yeah. are yeah. emotionally distraught. Yeah, everything's so, kind yes, of flying around yeah. and things aren't making sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's really beautiful that you did it, that. It yeah. was amazing. I mm-hmm. feel like. I wanted to help more in certain situations, but like you're saying, sometimes people just need someone to talk to and to point them in the right direction for resources they can use. That's essentially what I did. It was mm. it was amazing. So that was kind of the big thing. And then I actually ended up um, volunteering as a an assistant track coach with um, my old high school. So mm-hmm. that was really fun too. Um, I'm curious. Yeah, what was yeah. Your, what was your coaching technique? <laughs> um, that was a learning curve for me because I hadn't done Tough a love. lot of coaching. <laughs> I don't know if I'm that kind of person. <laughs> well, I learned a lot um, by watching other coaches. Uh, mostly I learned 
how to give kind of short, succinct advice um, mm-hmm. to somebody. Because while while you're pole vaulting, there's a million things running through your head, and it's important as a coach to not tell your athlete to think about all these things that might be wrong and mm-hmm. to really just focus on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I, I think I just I learned a lot about how to be a better teacher mm-hmm. and... Um, it was just fun because I got to work with my old coaches and awesome. I gained an appreciation for what they did for me. And that did, was did really you still have your skills? Because I imagine you would have to kind of show them. Yeah. And I think sometimes. then there's pressure. Okay. All right, here I go. I know. You're like, I gotta hurt. You start running. Yeah. And then like you, you can't like you can't do it. Y- yeah. You lose your credibility. No. Yeah. So to be like, so you had your skills still. I I, I think so. I didn't like, end up. Gosh. It's really hard to... You can't practice pole vaulting much after school. This is true. Um, it's a yeah. little different than volleyball in mm-hmm. that respect. Uh, but it's still there. It's sort of like muscle memory. I'm not... Okay. And anywhere well, near I was... Well, according to YouTube, you, can, you can probably do lots of things like, like yeah. pole vaulting that looks somewhat dangerous. Like yes. People are like always going over it's, fences. Uh-huh. And it's scary, especially. Trying to go up into trees. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure you have never done anything <laughs> like that. Yeah. No, I yeah. have... My friend and I, who also pole vaulted with me at Idaho State, we... Like to pull ball off of the dock into the lake. Oh, so okay. it's fairly safe, yeah. right? Again, you have sort of a YouTube soft out there. landing right now. Did you have your own pole? She does. Yes. Oh, okay. her, her family helps with all of the coaching of high school and stuff in the area. Okay. And so um, they actually have a pole vaulting pit in their backyard, which is the wow. coolest thing ever. Wow, okay. <laughs> They're very dedicated to the sport. Wow, okay. Yeah. All right. So, mm-hmm. third time applying. Yes. Mm hmm. Uh,. Different schools, same schools. Did um, you decide to yeah. kind of go more DO-ish? I think what was your kind of philosophy? Yeah, so third time around, um, I decided to go big or go home. Mm-hmm. So I applied to a total of 25 schools. I did apply to, I applied to MD and DO, and then I applied also to Texas schools, which is a separate application service. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a lot, but it was really good, and okay. I ended up having... Uh, I ended up having a very good response. I was really happy about it. Um, I hadn't expected that because of my applications in the past of applying to about 20 schools. And I thought, well, if I'm applying to 20 and I get two interviews, like, I just didn't expect to get as many interviews as I did. And how, so many, that was, how many interviews did you get? Um, I interviewed at 13 different schools. 13? That's <laughs> yeah, amazing. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that sounds expensive, too, and stressful it on some was, level. Yeah. yeah Double-edged sword. All of yeah. those things. Okay. <laughs> But I had a lot of support along the way, a lot of help getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't all just, I wasn't alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, yeah, I was overwhelmed because I really, really, really didn't expect that. Um, did you go on all 13 or did you start turning down some? I went to all 13 because okay. I ended up getting, uh, let's see, I got a couple, two or three acceptances maybe at the end of the fall and the middle of winter, maybe, mm-hmm. um, before the end of the year. But they weren't my top schools that I was really excited about. And actually, um, for Idaho applicants, usually we have to wait at least for University of Washington's, which is our other in-state mm-hmm. option, um, interviews until January or February. And so yeah. I was like, I need to wait. And I hadn't heard from you guys yet either. Mm-hmm. And so um, I ended up getting on say like seven wait lists or something and so I really I I felt like I needed to go and explore my options I needed to Mm -hmm. make sure that I was leaving my options open um and not leaving any stone unturned it's really hard to get a fill of a program without going there I think you know they could be great on paper or 
horrible on paper and you get there and have a totally different experience. Going back to what we just talked about mm-hmm. with like muscle memory, mm-hmm. the more interviews did you do, did it become easier to interview or is it still really anxiety provoking and hard? I mean, did yeah, you feel you yeah. got better? With um, all the different- I hope so. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I think so. Yes. I, that was a huge part too. I think I, I practiced and prepared a lot more for interviews and researched the, the crowd out of schools. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, I do think it got easier, definitely. Uh, but it was still, you still have those nerves. You still, I think you have those nerves because you care. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so that's not anything to be like ashamed about. It's totally normal. But I think it was easier as time wore on because it's like, well, I've done this. I mm-hmm. know myself. I know my application. I really just need to research the school, make sure that you can um, speak to how you feel you're a good fit there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that. That's that's amazing. I, I don't think I've talked to anyone that's gotten that it's, many interviews. It was, yeah. un- was it overwhelming, un- or is it like too much information almost? Um, y- yes and no. I mean, I was very pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, had no expectation at all because of the past, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was overwhelming at times. I think I got very lucky because I was working as a medical assistant at the time, and my job was so so flexible with me at my schedule because that's a tough thing Mm -hmm. you have to take time off of work um and at that time you know I was living on my own I'm paying all my bills I have to go to work Mm -hmm. and um I think I got very very lucky because I don't think a lot of jobs would have let me do that but I was very upfront when I applied there to apply to work there that I had this application coming up I would probably have I said I hoped I would have five interviews Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um, so you're going it was, like, overwhelming. I was like, wow. So you're going all across the country. Yes, right? yes. So is there a funny story you can share? Did you get, like, Idaho, where's that? Did you get any of that kind yeah, of Yeah, there's a lot any of potato people. potato jokes? Yep, like, lots yeah. of potato jokes. Okay. Um, right. Most people don't know about Idaho. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, lots of people don't know about North Idaho, too, just because the panhandle is kind of... It gets lumped in a lot to Washington mm. and uh, Montana, and so I kind of told people that it was, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of people that didn't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they thought it was really cold. You know, everyone yeah. thought it was really cold Were you cold seeing here. people? Were you start recognizing people? I did. Okay. You know, it was crazy. I ended up seeing at least three people at multiple interviews that I went to had who had been at previous interviews. And okay. we'd be like, hey, what's up? How's it going? And then mostly um, MMI or just a wide mixture of interview techniques? A good or? mixture. Yeah, oh, okay. there, was, there was definitely MMI. Mm-hmm. Um and different forms of MMI. So Ooh, here, yeah. yeah. So here we do. You guys do the MMI um, where you're standing outside the door. You read the prompt. You hear the bell. You go mm-hmm. in. You talk to the person who's in the room. Um, but at one interview, I had an MMI that was a large room mm-hmm. full of multiple desks and multiple um, interviewer, inter- yes, interviewers mm-hmm. asking you questions and. You had a bell, and you would go from station to station with all the other applicants, and it was like the so loud, loud room, oh, of, boy. Yeah, which was okay. It Sounds was a not. Stressful. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. was almost. Were you by yourself, or were you supposed to do like some activity with another applicant together? Like um, a yeah, so there station? was. So that one just by yourself, but mm-hmm. at another interview, there was a cooperation station. Um, I had an MMI with. Actors, which was scary. <laughs> it Were was, the actors pretending really to be sick or yeah, scared so of flying? Mostly, or? like angry or upset. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, I learned a lot, but no, yeah, a wide variety. I mean, there were 
interviews with panels of people and there are interviews with single people or mm. interviews with two people. Yeah. So I've just kind of got a wide wide variety of it. I feel so bad for you. I just, uh, it's just, it's like literally running the gauntlet. It's, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. but I'm really happy for it. I'm, I mean, I can't complain, obviously. All right. So now I can tell you this. So I remember when I called you, you didn't sound so happy. So like, I, I don't know if you were, I think you were working or I maybe. I was at work. Yeah. And like, I'm just, I kind of got off the phone with you. I'm going, eh, I don't know if she'll come, come here. Cause like, oh I, my goodness. I, I, I got, I got the sense like, ah, you got, cause like I, I've done this job long enough to know that like, I, I can tell by the tone. Cause I, like, okay. Caitlin definitely has other offers. I got that tone from you. And so I was just like, okay, well, we'll see what happens. So that oh, was, that was my perception on my end. What no. was, what, what, what was the perception on your end? So okay. this is what happened. Okay. Um, I'm at work. My phone goes off. It's on vibrate. Probably should be on silent. It was on vibrate in my pocket and I was with a patient. So I was not paying attention to my phone. Okay. I left, I got out of the room, looked at my phone and I had a missed call from so Salt Lake City. Yeah. And I was, I was trying to talk myself down, you know, mm-hmm. Like, it's probably a spam call. It's probably nothing. <laughs> don't, you know, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> and uh, the doctor I work for, Dr. James, so great. He uh, he was like, oh, just go check it. Like, mm-hmm. go look. So I went to the break room, and I called the number back, and I got the admissions office. Yeah, and at this point, I'm other. losing yeah. my mind. Yeah. And I talked to Tammy, and she said, so um, I'm not allowed to tell you anything. <laughs> But Dr. Chan is in a meeting right now. Yeah. <laughs> and we play phone tag for a while. Yeah, time. she was like, I- I'm sure if he called you, though, that it's probably an acceptance. And I <laughs> literally started bawling. Okay. Like, because. See, Tammy never told me that. Yeah. So yeah. Like, when I called you, you sounded so, like, laid back so about it. Like, oh, like, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. I know I got it. Like, okay. <laughs> yes, no, I, I was absolutely. Because it's the call I never thought I would get. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I had found out I was not accepted to the other in-state option oh. for Idaho students. And so I had kind of given up on that. And I thought, well, I'm on the wait list. Like, meh, we'll see. But I had been on a wait list before. Yeah. So I didn't want to get my hips up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I lost my mind. I was like, oh, crying. Mm-hmm. And so by the time you called me back... <laughs> I had already cried. Okay, okay. <laughs> so you got That's to miss the really, the the really beautiful, yeah. ugly yeah. cry yeah. that I had. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of just in shock because this is a dream come true. This is my dream school. This is amazing. <laughs> so at the end of the day, how many schools were you accepted to? So I want to say I had four or five acceptances. I kind of... It was, yeah, and I actually ended up getting in off another waitlist of a school, like, the same week mm-hmm. after you guys called me. And that was crazy. So I want to say it might have been five, but... And so the follow-up question is, Caitlin, why did you choose us? A lot of good reasons. Okay. You know, I'm, just, I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, like, again, yeah. Like, like, the way, you know, I've listened to your story, mm-hmm. and you worked so hard, and, and you have, all of a sudden, you go from no offers to five offers. Yeah. And, like, how do you make that decision? Yeah, yeah, it's a hard one. Um, I'm kind of a pros and cons list person, so, of course, I'm making my pros and cons list, which, of course, I already have my giant Excel spreadsheet of all the things about every school, Um, talking to my people, my parents, my best friends. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the end, it really came down to the fact that 
the school was the best fit for me and my interests. And I mean, it's in state. I, it kind of stinks that financial stuff has to come into play ever, but mm-hmm. um, it it's does. It's life. realistic. It's part of life. And uh, in our American so capitalist option, system, yes. yes. <laughs> and so that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, Salt Lake is great as far as lifestyle goes. I'm a big snowboarder. I'm a mountain biker. And so this is kind of a perfect place for that. It's closest to home. Mm -hmm. Um, But the program just was, it's amazing. I felt really welcome here. Um, I know people who are in the program already ahead of me. Mm -hmm. And I called one of them and they told me, you absolutely have to come here. Like, (laughs) There's nothing bad I can say about this program. It's so great. I, mm. you know, and on and on and on. And so, in the end, it really, it really just ended up being the perfect fit for me. And I felt like it was a place that I could learn and do the things that I wanted to do and be supported in doing that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think it just took a lot of sitting down and mm-hmm. <laughs> making priorities and. <laughs> Choosing the school that fit those best, I guess. Did you go back and, I mean, did you look at other programs? Did you fly in, do second looks? Did you do that? Or no second looks. Or like, um, like more yeah. internet kind of looking up kind of thing? Okay. Yeah. Um, I had done a lot of research before interviews and stuff, so I had quite a bit of information. But I did go back and looked at a couple of the schools that I was, you know, seriously comparing to. Um, but I kind of knew... I think okay. in my heart where I wanted to be, <laughs> so I ended up being here. Okay. Great. <laughs> so excited! Yeah, it's amazing. Um, this is Caitlin. This is fat. I, just, <laughs> I love this. Is like this has gone. It's yeah, crazy. It's I been a talking. journey. <laughs> so, I guess last question, just wrapping it up. Yeah. Like, what advice would you give someone uh, mm-hmm. out there who's thinking about med school or maybe did get mm-hmm. in the first or second time? Yeah. <laughs> what would you tell them? What would you say to them? Um. Well, people who are. Thinking of it, I would say explore, explore, you know, Mm -hmm. do some shadowing, make sure this is where you want to go because it's not an easy way there, but it's so worth it if it is what you want to do. And if you have applied and not gotten accepted, don't give up. Seriously, don't give up. If it's, if this is the only thing you want to do, keep working at it. I mean, let your failures be moments of, of reflection and let that allow you to grow, um, and just keep going. You know, you're going to make it if this is really what you want to do and you know you can do it and you have, you know, you have all this background to support that and don't give up. You're going to do it. So awesome. that's all I would say. And then, I guess, sorry, I'm lying. One more no, question. Yeah. <laughs> um, with you being from, I would dare say, rural yeah. Idaho, have you thought about going back and practicing there? Or, yes, I mean, what, 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 what are your kind of thoughts about that? Yeah, you know? I... So a little piece about Idaho, North Idaho. My family has lived there for generations, so they kind of have this, I don't know, I feel my family's very established there is what I'm saying. Um, And I love Idaho. I love North Idaho. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's really my home. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I've absolutely thought about going back there. With that said, I don't know where I will end up. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what specialty I will choose. I have no idea. Um... And so, depending on that, of course, I hold the features open. <laughs> you know, I hold options for that, but also I, I really want to end up there. Okay. So cool. Well, Caitlin, we're gonna have to have you come back. Okay. Because I want to hear more about the journey <laughs> yeah. as you progress. 
And yeah, Great. I'm just like, so excited you're here, and I'm glad we're able. It's like I have so many phone calls with people. It's good to kind of hear the other side. Yeah, like, yeah. So I, I got the vibe from you, like, oh, you're not coming. Like, yeah. oh my goodness, I was like, I was in shock. Yeah. It was. I was so excited. You just missed the crying. <laughs> well, thanks, Caitlin. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.